Roblin Melton worked as an educator her whole career. She saved up, and a couple of years ago, she decided to retire early. She'd done the math, and she was pretty sure that she could make it work. But then the cost of living started going up. Her husband was laid off. And suddenly, being retired at the age of 58 didn't quite seem like it was going to work anymore. I mean, I, I think one of the things I would want people to know as they're thinking about retirement is the high cost of your health insurance. It's not just the health insurance, it's also the deductibles and the prescription copays. It's those things that you you take for granted when your company gives you health insurance. So Roblin decided to go back to work and she's definitely not alone. Of the 2.4 million additional Americans who retired early in the pandemic, we've seen 1.5 million of them come back in the past year. Abba Bhattarai is the economics correspondent for The Post, and she's been reporting for years now on all the ups and downs of the pandemic economy. The layoffs, the great resignation, and now the great unretirement. So we're starting to close that gap in excess retirements that we saw early on in the pandemic. A lot of that has to do with what we're seeing with COVID. A lot of people are vaccinated. They've gotten the booster shot. They're feeling better about going out there, whereas maybe early on they had hesitations. And at the same time, we have a historically tight labor market. Employers are really desperate for workers. And in many cases, we're hearing that they're calling back people who maybe had retired years ago and saying, hey, can you just come pick up this one job? And that one job ends up turning into full-time employment in some cases. For some people, like Roblin, this doesn't feel like such a bad deal. She has been promoted at work, and after spending her whole career in education, she's now an education consultant. So she works on curriculums for a bunch of different school districts, and she likes what she does. I do. I do enjoy it. It's different because I'm working with so many different districts. But for other retirees who are going back to work, it doesn't feel like much of a choice. From the newsroom of The Washington Post, this is Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. It's Wednesday, May 18th. Today, the Americans who are unretiring. We'll talk about how some of this is driven by really high inflation that we've been seeing. But there's also some good news here. Ageism might be less of a problem for older workers. Companies are scrambling to find experienced, reliable people to fill all these open jobs. So suddenly, the AARP set is starting to look pretty attractive. So, Abba, last year we heard a lot about quitters, people who quit their jobs during the pandemic. How much of that trend was driven by people retiring? A big chunk of that, about 2.4 million of the 4.2 million total people who left the workforce in the first 18 months of the pandemic were due to early retirements. But that's sort of a very vague and nebulous term. You know, it includes people who maybe didn't voluntarily leave, but were laid off in that early round of layoffs we had, you know, when COVID first hit, and maybe they just never went back to work. It includes people who quit for a number of reasons, including caregiving reasons, or maybe they had a health scare, they were at high risk of complications from COVID. And so it's not necessarily that, you know, more than 2 million people quit to go golfing and like travel the world. These were very complicated reasons for leaving the workforce. But you've been reporting on how these people are now, in some cases, going back to work. Tell me 
me more about some of the factors at play here of reasons why people who had previously retired are saying, look, I think it's time for me to go back to work. I talked to more than a dozen people around the country and their reasons were very varied. But the things that I kept hearing over and over were that some of them said that they just got restless staying home or like, you know, they they had maybe retired before the pandemic and then they were stuck at home, like really stuck for the last two years. And they thought, hey, maybe I should get out and do something a bit more engaging. But others were saying that, you know, they were really heartened that employers were willing to work with them. They were willing to give them more flexible schedules and allow them to work from home or maybe offer part-time opportunities that they weren't getting before the pandemic. So all of those factors played into their reasoning for coming back. For a lot of people, I think they had done the math before they retired and they thought they could make it work. But there's been so much change in the last two years. There are all sorts of new medical costs that maybe they're shouldering. There's dealing with rising prices of gas and housing, food. And all of those things are sort of eating away at their budgets to the point where Mm. many people are saying, hey, wait a minute, maybe this isn't sustainable, especially because as a retiree and particularly as a younger retiree, Roblin is 58, you just don't know how many years or decades you're going to have to stretch that retirement money into. And so Mm -hmm. that's fueling a lot of people's desire to go back to work. For example, our deductible is $3,000 each. So, you know, obviously... We're out of pocket automatically 6000 before anything really starts kicking in for us. Um, and so it's kind of, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about retirement to look into that because I thought about it, but I don't think I really paid as close attention as I probably should have. And that, you know, that, that kind of um, decision really has to be considered before you retire. For the folks that you've talked to, are they going back to jobs that they had previously or does their work life look different than how it looked before? You know, it was about half and half. A lot of them went back to jobs that they'd been doing before the pandemic, but a lot of times it was with a twist. So I talked to one man who used to be a truck driver and now he's back to driving trucks, but he drives horses specifically because he's become a specialist in livestock. Hmm. Um, Other people maybe, you know, who used to be teachers for many years are now back as education consultants or working for the school district in another capacity that gives them a bit more flexibility than being in the classroom. So, you know, it's linked to what they were doing before, but maybe in a more flexible arrangement. After the break, how employers are finding new ways to attract retirees. We'll be right back. We've talked in the past about how employers have found all these new ways to attract workers in this economy where a lot of um, workplaces are trying to find enough labor. And so I wonder if for a lot of these people, like how their back to work life might look different than how it looks when they decide to retire and maybe in some cases better. 
I mean, we're at this very odd moment in the labor market where there are two unemployed people for every job posting out there. And so employers are really having to work hard to get workers into the door. And they're making a lot of big promises. And at the same time, workers are also using that leverage to kind of find terms that are favorable to them. I talked to one person who spent his career in HR as a manager for this huge tech firm where he was traveling, you know, six or eight months out of the year. And he was sort of all over the place. And during the pandemic, he took an early retirement offer, laid low for a little while, signed up for acting classes. Hmm. And now he's back in the workforce in two ways. He is working as an HR manager for a much smaller firm that's local and, you know, much less stressful. And he's also acting in horror movies and rom-coms. That's surprising, but also awesome. (laughs) It is awesome. And it kind of shows you, you know, the sort of deliberate choices people are making to kind of make this work for them on their terms. I wonder if there are cases where employers are specifically recruiting retirees. Yeah. So this is something new that we're starting to see. There's been a real pickup of websites like retirementjobs.com and workforce50.com that are aimed specifically at retirees who are looking to, you know, either pick up a few projects here and there or get back into full-time work. And we're seeing employers recruit this demographic in a way that historically they have not. Historically, older workers have dealt with a lot of age-related discrimination in the workforce. Mm -hmm. But we're at this point where all of a sudden they're hot commodities and companies are going out of their way to advertise at senior centers or, you know, at churches, places where they think they have a captive audience. But why? Why, especially with this legacy of ageism and age discrimination, why are employers seeing older Americans as, as suddenly like their target demographic for new hires? Well, they need workers of any age at this point for a lot of places, but older Americans also have a ton of experience. They have decades of experience. They're thought to be reliable workers. Um, And in many cases, when employers are going back to former employees, they know exactly what they're going to get. And so they're really looking to cross that bridge and lure them back into the workforce if they can. How much of this return to work is voluntary? That's a great question. And that's something we don't have a lot of clarity over. We know people are coming back into the workforce. We don't necessarily know what kinds of jobs they're taking or exactly what is driving them back. How much of that is financial need and necessity versus just, you know, kind of wanting to do something fulfilling. Very, very few people actually retire early or even retire in a leisurely way or are able to make those choices voluntarily. And it's usually, you know, another factor, financial or health-related, that is driving those decisions. So I could imagine in the past, there was probably a pretty real cost to retiring early and then deciding that you were coming out of retirement, that there are questions asked about, you know, well, what happened during that time? And why weren't you working then? And that you might have to start lower on the income ladder than you were making when you decided to retire. Is that still the case now in terms of what we're seeing of people who have been going back to work? You know, the jury is still out on that. Historically, you're absolutely right. It was much harder to get back into the labor force once you'd quit, especially if you'd retired and you were in your 50s and 60s and dealing with ageism on top of that. Often, even if you did re-enter the workforce, you would never be paid as much as you were making before you retired. That seems to be changing, at least anecdotally. A lot of the folks that I talked to said they're making considerably more money now that they've unretired than they were before when they were working. But we just don't have a very good look into what's actually playing out. 
So, Abba, I wonder as you talk to these people about their experiences and hear about people who have decided to leave retirement, what does that tell you about either the economy or about kind of how our collective understanding of retirement as a concept is changing? Many of the people I spoke to had been planning on retirement for years or decades even. They'd been saving up for it. They'd been keeping a close eye on sort of what their monthly incomes would look like. But I think we're in this moment where inflation is rapidly rising. The cost of living increases to Social Security and many other forms of income haven't kept up. And so they're finding that they simply have to go back to work to make ends meet. And all of those perfectly laid plans no longer hold. I mean, things are changing very quickly. Abba, thank you so much for all this. Thank you. Abba Bhattarai is an economics correspondent for The Post. Julie Deppenbrock produced this story. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Today's episode was mixed by Sean Carter and edited by Maggie Penman. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back tomorrow with more stories from The Washington Post. <laughs>